I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome back to my podcast. My name's Lorena and this is The Pooch. I hope you're doing well. We are at episode 17 and I don't know what came over me um but for some reason I guess being pregnant pregnant <laughs> pregnant oh my god it's starting my brain has been mashed lately completely mashed my words are coming out all wrong so this is just going to be a disaster but as a result of being pregnant and thinking ahead I've decided that uh, why not scare the shit out of myself and share my birth story um, first time round. So a couple of things I guess I'm going to cover is what I had in mind initially with, with regards to my birth story um, or, or my labor experience, what actually happened and then how it impacted me after. Um, so look, I, I'm going to preface this whole episode by saying that I feel quite lucky in the fact that that I feel that I got very, very, very amazing care. And this is absolutely not everyone's experience. I feel like actually it's quite unique. So um, in this regard, I don't know how relatable my story is going to be, but I just, I feel like I'm, I don't know, I've been so lucky. My birth definitely didn't go to plan, but the service that I received, the support that I received, I I. I honestly have very few complaints about so yeah I just want to start by saying that because I know that there are a lot of people who've had a really shitty experience with um, hospitals or whatever it might be and I just feel like I I feel like I've been very lucky Um, so I'll just start by saying that and you can just use this information if you want to if you had a different experience to me I'm not advocating one way or another but I personally had my baby and I'm going to have this one in a public hospital um, and not privately covered so I it's public public all the way and um, yeah I feel like I've I, I don't know I feel like I've had a great experience so um, so my plan I'll, I'll share with you first what I had thought would happen um You'll probably get to know a bit more about my personality then <laughs> by hearing about what I expected. So I was enrolled in the midwifery program in my local hospital. And basically what that means is that for a low risk uh, pregnancy, the, when there's no kind of foreseeable issues, um, you get to join a program where you're you're supported by, a, I think it was up to five midwives um and so you have there's a bit of predictability there you kind of you any appointment that you have you will definitely have with one of those five I was lucky enough to literally see the same midwife every single time right up to the day of delivery um I did have um I did deal with a couple of no one other midwife during the process but that's only because um, and I'll share with you a little bit later, but that's what, what once I actually came to hospital to have my baby, my midwife could only stay for a certain number of hours. So then I saw another one who she was amazing as well. Um, so basically the program is where, yeah, low risk pregnancy. Um, there's no, there's no kind of intervention needed from an obstetrician. Um, I think, you know, if, if anything does pop up, they do seek advice from an obstetrician and it's not until you kind of have challenges with your pregnancy that they they hand you over so in my case it was fine um, what I loved about it was that consistency that I always knew who I'd be facing and I, I, I went in knowing that 
on the day of delivery, there would be someone familiar to me in the room, which was great. Um, I thought this is, this is where I reveal a part of myself. No matter how many times people told me not to have a plan and <laughs> to kind of expect anything because anything can happen. I have this really um, cocky side to myself, we'll put it that way, where no matter what I'm told in that sense, I have such an I have such a sense that I'm like, yeah, maybe that's the case for everybody else, but I know that my birth experience will be totally in my control. It's all about like mind over body kind of situation. So I went in there sure sure of the kind of situation that I was going to have sure of the birthing experience that I was going to have way too sure way too confident Um, I wasn't a person that was scared or nervous I mean obviously I was a bit nervous and I was a bit like oh god it's going to hurt but there was nothing about me that thought what if things go wrong Um, that's just I don't know like I said my my cocky nature so I went to birth classes um and during those classes, they talked all about, you know, best case scenarios. You go in, you have the birth that you hoped for, um, you know, that you kind of had in mind. Right through to worst case scenario, they talked about all kind of pain management situations. And I listened, I paid attention more out of curiosity and interest than ever believing that I would need anything. Um, so once again, sat there really cocky and Deep inside, I was like, yeah, I know exactly what my birth experience is going to be like. These are fun facts, but it's not really going to apply to me. I listened to everything about pain management, like I said, and how they perform a cesarean um, or a C-section. And it was just very much like, cool, you know, that just that's fun facts won't happen to me. So anyway, that was my that was my kind of attitude in the class. Um, like I said, I was feeling a little bit fearful of the pain so I decided because I had been listening to some podcasts at the time around childbirth and um, you know the the what happens to the body when you go through all the process like learning about it for me it was more learning about it from a biological standpoint like really understanding what happens to the human body when you go into labor I found really really fascinating and I did hear in I can't remember if it was something that I watched on YouTube or something that I I heard on a on a podcast but it was about the fact that women traditionally historically and in many other cultures experience many births before their own so often they are present for the births you know of their siblings of their cousins um they're present you know in, in I guess more community settings they're present for many many other childbirths until you know before they come to experiencing their own so by the time you get to yours it's not something that's new to you whereas in our culture um basically you're kind of left to experience it all the first time you go into it and actually i put a question box up on instagram and someone wrote that you know probably referring to more than just this point but simply in you know in western society we're kind of left um we're set up to fail in a sense so that's what um the the person commented and i completely agree and on this standpoint alone so it was very much about you know this this kind of you you're so new to it and you're going through this huge process and it's like you've never been around it before so to deal with that i and to deal with my nerves about the pain i um I decided to watch like every episode of the show One Born Every Minute. So they, you know, they show you the best case scenarios, the worst case scenarios. You see really horrific births and then you see, you know, um, people who just lie there quietly and the baby pops out and like everything in between. Um, you see, you know, births resulting in, you know, sadly a, a loss or you see, you know, everything's fine and, you know, like literally everything. So I thought if I expose myself to all birthing scenarios before having my own, um, that'll at least give me some exposure, but still feeling rather cocky about, you know, what I would. So I'd be watching those um, 
those episodes and thinking you know to the women that were screaming and really struggling and demanding pain you know management and all that kind of stuff I was like I I feel like I can I just know deep down inside that I don't need that stuff and I can handle all this so my plan was to have a completely drug-free water birth at the hospital considering I live really close to a hospital I really I live really close to a good public hospital I thought that's that's what I wanted to do um have the baby in hospital and lucky for me the midwife that I had was fully on board so she seemed to be you know quite um I don't want to say progressive but quite natural in her approach so anything that was more to do with the natural way you know she she's like there's no judgment that comes from her ever if you were to choose something else but she was very much like or at least I felt like I was matched with the perfect midwife because you know I like to do things the natural way um and you know slightly hippy dippy way and she seemed to be right on board so it was a really kind of cool journey up to the labor because we were having conversations about you know water birth experiences and there was nothing that made me, I didn't feel silly talking about wanting a really really natural drug-free birth because even though I was in a hospital setting and dealing with you know a midwife she was very much in the, in the same train of thought I also spent a lot of time learning about hypnobirthing um, and if you don't know what that is it's basically I guess a process where you put yourself through a form of mindfulness um, extreme mindfulness which is really fascinating and it kind of helps you ride the waves of contractions and the whole labor process trying to be super super present and I guess acknowledging that you know you know that for example contractions are a short period of time so you ride the waves and you come out the other side um, I'm not going to go into heaps of detail about hypnobirthing because <laughs> I didn't end up using any of it um, but it is amazing if it's something that works for people and um, I spent lots of time reading up on it and prepared as well by watching a lot of doulas talking on YouTube so sharing their you know their expertise on on childbirth um, I was fully aware that because you you hear this all the time I was fully aware that a detailed pregnancy or a detailed birthing plan is not ideal and so even though I have this cocky attitude towards me being able to deal with stuff I also am not a perfectionist so I thought well there's no like when we went to the birthing classes they did talk about the fact that you need to have or you'd want to have some idea of what you want to go experience so that you can tell the midwife you know or the staff there that are helping you what it is that you're hoping to to experience I don't know what it is that you're hoping to get out of it um, but understanding I guess that a that a really seamless plan with no room for budging um, is not helpful and like I said I'm not a perfectionist in that sense so even though I'm cocky and I'm like yeah I can handle this I I didn't really have much of a, a proper clear plan it was just water birth no drugs like keep it supernatural um so I had a conversation with my midwife up front when she asked me you know what is your plan and I, I explained to her what it is that I wanted I, w I had hoped for but I also said you know I've been to these birthing classes I've heard all about pain ma uh, pain management and all the, all the things that you can experience um so what I and what I'm scared of is that in a moment of vulnerability in a moment of pain I'm going to be a bit suggestible so just know that I already know what my options are and don't offer them to me because I feel like my my cocky side would would regret accepting something later on it's terrible it's like now that I'm saying it in hindsight it's really kind of awful that I put that much pressure on myself but it was very much about me not wanting to accept something in the moment because I would feel bad about it later because I knew initially that I wanted to have a drug-free birth so I really wanted to push myself to do that and so if I was to be offered in the moment something um, who knows if I'm in too much pain to just you know stick to my guns and go no drug-free so that was basically the lead up I guess it was a whole lot of me trying to expose myself to various 
um, I guess, scenarios or various experiences that people have had with pregnancy, trying to get information. Um, I became a little bit obsessive with childbirth, actually. Like it, it kind of is fascinating when you really start to think about it. And it was very much about wanting this very natural experience. Um, that was the lead up. I then had a slightly different <laughs> reality. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. So, leading up to my birth, um, I basically was getting really big um, in terms of like I was really, really swollen. I was full of water weight, struggling to walk. Um, the only thing that would give me some relief every now and then was I'd go for a swim. In a, we have a swimming pool in the complex and I'd you know go for a swim every day. Um, <clears throat> but that kind of lasted temporarily, like that kind of helped short term. My mum, who's an angel, would give me like leg massages and massage my feet every day because they were so swollen that I like it felt like I was walking on soccer balls. Like it was really, really bad. So at about, oh, and I had no signs of labor. So I was very much like, you know, 39 and a bit weeks and there was nothing that was kind of telling me it's coming soon. So I decided because I was so uncomfortable and so big, I went and saw my midwife and she recommended we try a stretch and sweep. Um, not <clears throat> something that I <laughs> expected to hurt. And oh my God, it was like, I don't know. I can't, if you've ever had one, you know what I'm talking about. Well, at least mine was quite painful. It was very painful because there's basically almost a fist up you. And what they do is they separate the membrane from your, um, from you. So imagine like, I guess the, the sack of water is kind of bouncing around more freely because it's not attached to you. And, um, they put their fingers in and basically rotate around and, and separate it from, from your cervix, I think. So that, you know, as you move around the bouncing it's more bouncy this is my understanding anyway I could be totally wrong but it, it you know the movement creates this I guess it triggers a message to your brain that there's movement down below that so that the contractions can begin and that's that's the plan it didn't really um seem to have much of an effect so about well I don't know maybe it did maybe it was linked but still the timing for me was very close to when I was due anyway so about four days later four or five days later um, I started having contractions. So on a Wednesday morning, at about five o'clock in the morning, I was having contractions. I was bouncing on a on a bouncy exercise ball, 
and they felt quite manageable and they were irregular but what still super cocky Lorena I was like okay this is not too bad that surely it can't get much worse than this because if they've started now like you know in a few hours I'll have a baby and cool like what's the big deal so um like I said had a feeling they couldn't get much worse um this continued all of Wednesday I spoke to my midwife on the phone and I was totally able to I guess talk through the contractions. so she was like yeah it doesn't really seem like you're in active labor so just basically keep doing what you're doing and stay home and go through this process Thursday um started getting worse so this is already over 24 hours from when I first started having contractions they were still irregular but they were quite painful Um, I tried relaxing in a bath I tried sleeping but I was in so much pain that um and for some weird reason if I would lie down they would feel worse I don't know if it was the position of of my daughter or whatever it was but lying down made them feel so much worse and um I remember calling my midwife or whoever was on shift at the time and trying to explain that and I was like oh my god it's getting bad and when I lie down and they said that contractions shouldn't change depending on your position they should just be regular and equally as painful so because they're worse when you lie down probably not full active labor so um but I did I I think I think I insisted at that point because I was like no this feels like it this feels like the real deal it's really painful and I can't I can't even sleep so Thursday night I went to hospital but I was checked I was only two centimeters and so I got sent home and then I was told to come back when they were my contractions were two minutes apart and I don't know if that like this is the case for everyone else but two minutes apart seems really scary to me because I know that contractions are never going to be always completely back to back so how much closer can they get before you're actually pushing a baby out like that's that was my thinking so I started getting a bit nervous about this idea and I only live like I said you know five minutes from the nearest hospital so imagine not living so close to a hospital and waiting until your contractions are that close together before you start preparing to like that that just freaked me out so much um so this continued all of Thursday and up until Friday afternoon so remember started Wednesday morning at five o'clock now we're at Friday afternoon um very very lucky I had my my amazing family all around me um now my contractions were in serious pain so um I had you know people were taking turns massaging me helping me with hot water bottles my back pain was absolutely unbearable most of my contraction pain was in my lower back which was just absolutely awful so people were helping me with a hot water bottle like I said and um, putting a lot of pressure on my lower back we learned a little bit about um you know what's it called anyway some kind of pressure point in the lower back during the mm, birthing classes so that kind of kind of came in handy so friday afternoon my contractions were two minutes apart so we went back to the hospital and um, i was still two centimeters so from thursday to friday so I think it was Thursday after or no Thursday night I went to the hospital sorry I've got notes here because I like my brain is so foggy about what actually happened um so Thursday night I went into the hospital two centimeters Friday afternoon I went back because my contractions were now two minutes apart and I was still only two centimeters so this is from Wednesday now to Friday afternoon so at that stage I was like I don't know you know I, I literally I'm on like day three Um, so my midwife and I spoke about whether or not we should break the water and see if that's going to push things along so we did I asked her to break my water and I have to say at this point in my podcast um, there is there was not a moment that I felt pushed to do anything Um, so my friend commented on on one of my um my friend Sammy commented on uh, my Facebook uh, my Instagram question my brain oh my god help me um Sammy commented on my Instagram I love you Sammy if you're listening um 
you know, if there's anything that um, I needed that I didn't get and what others should fight for. And I'll mention that a little bit later as well. But in my case, there was not a moment where I was pushed to do anything in the process. In fact, I was almost, I almost feel unqualified to have made some of the decisions. And I know that sounds crazy because a lot of women have the opposite experience. They kind of think, you know, I didn't want this to happen and I was pushed and, you know, people rushed me and, you know, I felt like I was on a time clock. I honestly, I had my personal experience was the opposite. So they were like, what would you like to do? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Can I, should I get my water broken? I'm not sure what, I'm not at a point now in this process to be thinking logically about what's going to happen, you know, post breaking my water. So anyway, in this, in that case, in that sense, I didn't have anything, like I said, pushed on me, but I asked for my water to be broken um, to help things along. So they were running a bath for me, getting me ready to sit in the bath because I was like, look, I'm, you know, I know I'm only two centimeters, but I'm now two two minutes apart. So the contractions are now two minutes apart. So they kind of, they kind of let me stay considering it was my second time back. So they were running the water for me to try and help me and broke the water but unfortunately there was meconium so I noticed the water was a bit green it's a bit gross to share but that's what happened and straight off the bat meconium in water equals no bath hospital policy because I don't know it can cause infection Um, I shouldn't be swimming in that you know I shouldn't be sitting in that water with poo floating around whatever it is Um, but it was for for you know hygiene purposes that I could not have a bath so that was the first point of the whole process that I was like oh my gosh hang on a minute um what I wanted is not happening (laughs) I need to be in the water that is what I had mentally prepared for I'd be pushing out a baby in the water and suddenly now one little thing's happen and this part of my plan is out the window so I started to get a bit like oh god what else can what else can go wrong or what else and I know that seems so dramatic over being able to sit in a bath but I think when you're at that point you're like I just want to be surrounded by water so I you know because I had to be strapped to monitors as well I stood in the shower and honestly I don't know I could have been standing there for at least two hours at least while my husband and my sister um I think it was just them two I don't know I honestly my parents were at the hospital my sister and my husband were at the hospital they stayed the entire time they all stayed the entire time. So they were taking turns coming into the room because I didn't want everyone there at the same time. And so I was standing in the shower and they were kind of taking turns <laughs> showering me, just pouring hot, hot water over my body. Um, and at some point I was like, okay, I want to lie down. And in my mind, I was thinking, no one has offered me any gas. Now, remember before I said, I told my midwife, do not offer me any pain management. I will be... Um, letting you know what I want and what I need at this point in time when I'm in this state I wanted to be offered gas and I in my mind I was like no 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 but I don't (laughs) it's like thinking about soft and hard drugs kind of thing I'm like no 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 I I wanted that like that to me is a given you give me gas obviously I'm talking about epidurals and shit like that so I kind of got a bit you know frantic and I was like is there gas at this hospital or one? She was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you want some gas? Okay, well, I'll give you the gas. And, and I got a bit frustrated, not with her, but I was just like, oh, my gosh, I should have said something earlier because I'm in so much pain and that might help. Um, anyway, so I asked for the gas and what felt like, I don't know how many hours later, but many, many, many hours later, they checked again and I was only four centimetres. So, like, this is, this is, very very slow progression um so because my water had been broken obviously there's a time limit for how long the baby can stay in once the water's gone without there being you know cause for new problems but more importantly because there was meconium um keeping the baby you know i had to get the baby out by a certain time so they basically they break the water they see the meconium and they decided all right, it's got to be, you know, no more than, let's say, I can't remember, but let's say off the top of my head, 12 hours, 12 hours from breaking water to baby coming out because then we risk more infections, more problems, whatever it might be. So because of that, and because it took so long to just get to four centimeters, um, 
we decided to move things along. So I was given Sintocin to, to speed up contractions. Once again, it was spoken to me about very delicately. And it was kind of like, what do you think about if we try a little bit of Sintocin? It was not like you need to take. There was no pushing. There was no anything. And I was like, yeah, do what you have to do. Like, just get this baby moving because we've been here for so long. I'm in so much pain. Um, By that point, I was in absolute agony. So much so that I asked for, I'm going to say this is trigger. This might be triggering for people because it is the most painful thing I've ever experienced in my life. (laughs) So if you've had it, you know what I'm talking about. Sterile water drops injected in your lower back. Um, Holy shit. I think that hurt more than anything that I've ever experienced. I... I basically, because I had learned about it in the birthing class. So after they gave me the Sintocin, I was like, can I, you know, can I get these sterile water drops? Because the, the back pain's doing my head in it. If I'm only at four centimeters, we got to move things along. And I need a bit more pain relief. Um, the gas made me sick. The gas made me throw up, actually. I was still taking it, but it, was, it felt really high, like too high. Um, so I was like, I'll give these water drops a go. And when I did, the midwife brought in another midwife to, to inject them together because you have to have them kind of on each side of your back. And I, at the moment where the other midwife walked in, I realized, hang on a minute, so it's two injections and you're both doing it at the same time. It's kind of like when they pierce your ears and like two people come in to do it at the same time because they know that if you let them do one, it hurt, or it's too scary that you won't let them do the other. And I realized as I saw the second midwife, I was like, holy shit, this is going to hurt because otherwise my midwife would have been able to give me two separate injections. So I was holding my husband's hands and I don't even know how I did this, but it was so incredibly painful. It's just an injection. And the idea of the injection is that it goes, it's just water, sterile water injected under your skin, but the pain of it is so much. It's like it was described to me initially as like a wasp sting and I'm like that surely like a wasp sting is nothing compared to this the pain is basically so extreme and so close to where you're experiencing the the back um, pain during contractions that it's meant to trip your brain so you end up focusing on this pain and the contraction pain just disappears and I have to say it absolutely worked but holy shit these needles hurt Um, I was holding my husband's hands and without even realizing it, when I pulled my hands away, I had dug my nails into his hands so deeply that he was bleeding. I've never done that before. Um, It hurt insanely much, like so much so that I am preparing to give birth again. I'm pregnant now. And that is the one thing that I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm probably more scared to get to the point where I'm like, maybe I'll have these sterile drops than anything else that I'm going to experience again so that that is oh my god I can't even anyway so I had had Sintocin to move things along um, six, uh, hours later many hours later they checked I was only six centimeter uh, six centimeters so I was going really slow it wasn't really doing what it needed to do and then sometime later again I'm not giving time specific times because I honestly don't remember but it was an- another bunch of hours later I had actually gone back down to four centimeters. So what happened was that I had started to swell inside. So at that point, it's like, how we turn, how do we turn things around? If I'm swelling now from contracting for probably almost, well, for almost four days. So I think that the, the length of time that I spent having contractions was not helping and now we've gone and tried to speed things up so everything started to swell and I went back down to four centimeters so I was um, I had a chat with my midwife about what's next and she basically they they basically while they gave my body a bit of time to calm down thought the best thing to do was to give me an epidural so I was like yep I'll take it give me the epidural but what happened (laughs) like I got so impatient because I was by this point fed up in pain I was over it and now like I'm getting bad news now on top of it that things are just slowing down and going in reverse so then when they the the anist whoever it was came in and told me about the epidural they were like okay well 
we're going to wait for you to have about, um, you know, let's say three more contractions before we inject the epi, like before we insert the epidural. And at that point, I was like, I didn't yell at anyone and I was very passive. But in my mind, I was like, I'm going to kill someone. If Like, why do I now have to live through this for three more contractions? And those three more contractions were the, the longest that, you know, like what, t- five, no, maybe eight minute period was like the longest weight of my life. Because I was like, I need this thing in me now. I don't need to be feeling these contractions. Anyway, so as this was all happening... Um, we started kind of to talk about what we needed to do next. So the epidural was to try and calm things down because like I said, I was swelling. Um, but I had a couple of options at this point. So to keep trying, but it was becoming risky and how long until things, you know, slow down enough to then continue to be able to ramp up again. Like it's, it's too complicated at that point. The swelling was an issue. Um, the fact that the water had been broken many, many, many hours ago. And the meconium was, you know, a concern. So the question was, you know, they would recommend, but what do I feel about a cesarean? And I was like, don't ask me. Go for it. Like, get this baby out of me. I do, like, I did not hesitate for a second. Absolutely not a second. Because I was like, now the risks are just getting too extreme for me to be able to take take the reins and make some decisions. Absolutely go ahead. So I ended up having... An emergency cesarean out of expecting a drug-free water birth. Um, that was <laughs> like a huge mind fuck, to be honest, because me, me and my cocky self never, ever, ever on this f- face of the earth expected to be ending up in an operating theatre and not pushing out a baby. Like that was the furthest from my possible belief system. Um, needless to say, I, you know, I went through the process. Every single person in that operating room was incredibly sweet, lovely. Like I, it was so special. Obviously I've not pushed out a baby, but it was such a special moment regardless seeing my daughter for the first time. I can't even describe the feeling when I saw her face. It was insane. Um, so much so that like, there was so much heart in the room that it didn't take away from the loving moment that I expected to have when I first saw her. So I have to say that no matter no matter what the side effect or the long-term effects of the cesarean were on me, which I'll talk about in a second, actually the, the moment of birth was in freaking sane and having an emergency cesarean didn't take that away for me. So where things kind of went, not bad, but, you know, I guess... Where there was negatives, because up until then, even though it was not to plan and stuff, the whole process and the whole all the support systems and everything were amazing. But I guess where the negatives were for me was on how it impacted me after, like later on. So on the day, it was all fine, you know, oh my gosh, I, I just met my baby. I'm not going to care how she came out. But I guess in the following weeks and you know, actually coming to terms with the fact, I think it hit me one day, I was like, oh my God, I had, I had a, a, a cesarean, like I actually had, I've never had a, an operate. I've never been in hospital, I've never had any procedure done at all. And when you think about what a cesarean involves, it was quite like, I actually got quite daunted. And then dealing with the pain that you deal with after the fact, um, you know, it's very debilitating, or it was for me, I literally, I spent a long time really struggling to stand up straight or to you know be comfortable or to go out and just walk with my daughter and everything felt like it was like I was more in recovery mode than new mum mode so it felt a bit yeah it felt a little bit sad in that sense but I did have there was a period of time where I felt my cocky self felt a huge like ego smash and I felt like a massive failure I was like what did I what did I do wrong is it because leading up to the birth, and I still question this, is it because leading up to the birth, I was very immobile and um, did a bit of swimming, did a bit of walking, but I was so swollen that I couldn't move around. Was she just not in the right position? And was it something that I did? Or, you know, was it something that my body, which should be able to go through this process, like, why did my body fail? And so I had this sense of like, I, you know, 
yeah, like I said, failure, like I, like I did something wrong or that I just, my body was just not as good as it should be. So I felt kind of bad about it. I felt a sense of loss as well. I think loss is probably the best way to describe it because not that I feel gypped. It clearly like my vagina is intact. It's great. But I don't, I felt like there was something that my body was expecting to experience, whether it was, you know, scary or, or fun, whatever it is, there was something my body was expecting to go through. And suddenly it's not like I, there was such a build up to that in my mind and such a build up to that, I think physically that suddenly it's just not there and it's just not going to happen. So it just feels like there's like a bit of an emptiness for me where it felt like a yeah a bit of loss I like I feel like you know I got to experience contractions and I know people who've had planned um cesareans have not experienced trans uh, trans far out contractions but there was this thing like it just didn't come to a peak and for some reason in me it was like I just feel like it's like you're about to sneeze and the sneeze goes away that's what it felt like like where's that sneeze like where's the where's the push um, so it felt a little bit like loss, like something was missing, like something I had built myself up to be able to conquer. And I think there was a bit of an ego thing there. Like, you know, you, I've worked myself up to conquer this thing and I no longer have to. And so there's a, there's this sense that like I missed the opportunity to prove to myself that I was capable of doing this thing. Um, and also I think biologically or physically there is, and I'm sure there's studies about this somewhere. Um, and I'm not saying all people who have cesareans go through the same thing because they probably don't but you know your body in my view like your body's preparing to go through something and for whatever reason it doesn't that may have an effect on you and I feel like it had an effect on me and maybe that's because my personality I'm like I was so set up mentally to be like I was so prepared to have a natural um, birth drug-free and everything that I was like I'm going to live this experience and I didn't um so I didn't really, I didn't realize also that it had had such an effect on me. Um, and I, I didn't think about how it might impact me for a long time. And it wasn't until I started hearing about other people, other people's birth stories. Um, and, you know, hearing people that, you know, went through a successful vaginal birth and like the drug free thing wasn't even an issue for me it was like did you push it out of your vagina <laughs> like that's what I and as soon as I started hearing that then I was like oh my god I missed out like I really it, it actually hurt me a lot um someone actually said to me once and I don't even know who it was something along the lines of talking about you know people who give birth and then they turned to me and they're like well you haven't really and I was like oh my god that I haven't like saying to someone who's had a cesarean that you haven't given birth is especially in my case because mine was a not a planned cesarean I didn't want a cesarean I wanted to have a, a vaginal birth is like a, st- a stab to the heart it was an absolute stab to the heart and I was like firstly obviously I have my daughter was born was she not like she's born she's alive she has a birthday so I have given birth just out the sunroof like it's just not you know but I, and I'm saying that out loud to other people but within myself I'm like oh my gosh you you suck like you did uh, it's just such a horrible feeling for me for such a long time um totally over it now and totally have dealt with it now to the point that you know I'm pregnant now and I'm co- contemplating what's going to happen with this pregnancy and I've you know I've had conversations with my midwife they had they had um, an obstetrician talk to me same midwife I'm very lucky I'm very excited to be seeing her again um but they they organized for an obstetrician to talk to me because they, you have to have a chat about what happens after a cesarean. So what your plan is for the following births. I am planning to have a natural birth again. But this time around, I know how things can go drastically not to plan. So I'm so prepared for that to the point that I basically said to them the other day, just don't don't let it go on for so long. Like, you know, if you see things going in that direction, don't let it go for so long let's call the shots earlier because because it's just it was unnecessary to experience that much pain that much of a lead up to then call it you know a cesarean so like you know call the end to the to the experience and let's go in for for an operation so I'm like just don't do that again this time 
Um, I just want to I want to try and if I can great but if if there's any chance that things are going to go the other way then let's just call it as it is and I don't know that it'll impact me as much this time round because I've been through it I think psychologically I've come to terms with it um, yeah so that's that's kind of my birth story and the impact on me after longer term impacts like you know and I think this is probably for another episode but the care that you get after birth, the preparation that goes into labor is huge. The preparation that you get, the support, the information, everything that you get about preparing to go into labor, there's heaps. But it's like the baby comes out of you and you are absolutely second, which great. Like I don't want my daughter to be second. Um, but the care that goes into after, like I had my six-week checkup. So once I left the hospital after you know I think I had five days because I had a cesarean that I could stay in hospital then I went home six weeks later I went in for my post postpartum checkup and it was literally a doctor prodding around poking around didn't ask me many questions uh, or other than like are you feeling happy or sad um and then che- looked at my scar with her eyeballs nothing you know no tool no equipment no nothing you're good to go now you can drive and it was like that's literally the last time I've kind of been looked at in terms of you know major surgery and after giving birth and like that whole thing so aftercare to me is where they're not necessarily regrets of mine but aftercare is where I'm like oh my gosh we really let women down um you know that's where I feel like that commenter that that um sent me the comment on Instagram about Western society um, setting us up to fail. I feel like that's where we kind of get a little bit left to the side. I know there's like mother's groups and all that kind of stuff, which for me was never a thing. And I'll probably mention that in another episode, but um, it's that kind of, yeah, it's that sense like where you go through this ginormous physical and psychological process. And then now it's like, it's done ding. And off you go <laughs> it just feels a little bit like oh okay um so my my main regrets really are and I guess what I'll do differently this time is it's my my own my own fault my own cocky attitude um I like I said I had a very good experience so um I didn't there was nothing that I felt that I should have fought for more um in the process or you know stood up for myself more or not being pushed but what I will say is, um, based on friends' experiences that I've heard, people have been pushed to um, speed things up when there's no risk um, attributed to their labour. So in my case, we were only we were only um, intervening to speed things up because there was risk apparent. But I know people who felt really rushed. Um, they had an obstetrician. Obstetrician is to move on to the next job. And so it was almost like you just want you just want to get the job done. And so that's where I would say um, put your foot down. Like absolutely put your foot down and have those conversations before you're in the room. I don't think once you're in the room is the time to be arguing and, and, and trying to get your point across. It's too complicated. It's too painful. Um, and I don't think sadly you're going to get taken seriously when you're a woman in labor. But leading up leading up to the whole experience I feel like the best thing you can do is just be really clear about what you I guess the pace that you want to go at and and how you know what's going to happen if it's taking too long am I going to I don't want to feel rushed I don't want to feel like I told my midwife I don't want to feel encouraged to to take something that I'm I'm not prepared to take I will let you know like be really clear on those things rather than having a clear-cut plan that says you know I want to have this music playing, this aromatherapy in the corner, no one talk to me, I don't know, all these things. That's the stuff that I didn't really care about. It was more like I just want to know that I'm in control and I want to know that I'm not going to be encouraged or pushed or rushed in any way. Um, But yeah, my main regrets are really not having more of an understanding of, of the whole experience and that unfortunately in our society comes from the fact that I had never been present for a birth before um or or you know experienced someone else's or or my own like that was my very first 
um, pregnancy. I actually, what I had wanted to do initially was my fam- my whole family was there and I, I was, I didn't want everyone in the room at the time of pushing, but I had said, I definitely wanted to have my sister present for her sake so that she could just live through um, the experience with me and obviously my husband, but I really thought because she's, she has not had a baby before. Um, this is something that I think I find really valuable that you actually get the chance to experience another birth before your own. So that's really my main regret is not, and it's not something that I could have done anything about, but it's just not having that exposure, um, and just being a little bit too cocky really. So that's my birth story. This episode is very long. Um, there's a lot of details and yeah, I hope you found this interesting. (laughs) Um, I'm, I don't know why I chose sharing my birth story now that I'm pregnant. Maybe because I'm a little bit into thinking about what's going to happen in the next few months for me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. As usual, I want to remind you to trust your gut, be kind to your pooch and have a lovely day and I'll see you next time. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.